and welcome to today's episode of Tranquil Awakenings with me, Debbie Ison. On today's episode, I will be in conversation with Helen Robinson, who is the creator of Gentle Release Therapy. She will be explaining about what Gentle Release Therapy is, how we can benefit others, and how she came about creating it. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you ever so much for coming here to chat with me today. So I've heard lots and lots of wonderful things about you. And Jane Denham, who came on the podcast a while ago, talked about how you really transformed her life with the work that you did. So I thought we've got to get you on here um, to talk about what you do. So would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, thank you, Debbie. Um, I'm Helen Robinson. I'm a therapist. Yeah. Um, I accidentally created gentle release therapy. Okay. How do you accidentally create a therapy? <laughs> oh, I think I'd trained in a few different things to start with. Having come from an entirely different background, I was a traffic engineer before. Okay. So what um, happened is I was doing my treatments and they were kind of evolving over time. Okay. And I was noticing that my body reacted when energy was released. So that then guided my treatments even more uh-huh. and um, ended up doing this treatment that no longer resembled anything that I was trained in. Interesting. So people were saying, are there any books about what you do? And I was like, well, no. To be honest, it hasn't even got a name. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, right, I need to give it a name. And if I'm giving it a name, then I need to write a course and show other people how to do it. Amazing. So, yeah, so that's where it all began. Okay. So obviously you said you were a therapist sort of even before it evolved like that. So what allowed you to transform by from being traffic engineer to all of a sudden decide you want to be a therapist. Oh, well, that's a little bit of a sad story because my yeah. um, parents both passed away okay. within about a year and a half of each other. I really enjoyed being a traffic engineer and would have quite happily stayed in the industry. It was a lovely sort of family industry. Um, and um, But yeah, just circumstances. And then, yeah, so it was, do I stay there or do I do something else? And I'd always been interested in complementary therapies. So I decided to give it a go and um, yeah, and then the, the rest is history really. Um, Amazing. So did you have therapies yourself to support you with that time or with anything else in your life? Yeah, and I had some EFT with a lovely lady that was local and I was trying to get pregnant at the time. So um was going all over trying to get pregnant. So that uh five-year journey ended up in a little lady called Imogen oh <laughs> it's now nine so oh. uh, yeah so it was it's been quite a journey but and, and I a think lovely one. that's often the way isn't it when we go through difficult situations in life whether it's sort of infertility or losing people it often allows us then to start reflecting inward or to go beyond sort of the current medical model or knowledge to yeah. find out what else yeah. is out there yeah. Yeah, I'm one of those people that will research and research and research and I won't um, stop until, <laughs> <laughs> until it's done. So we, um, when we, we ended up going for IVF and I was told, um, oh, you'll be fine, just, just um, have the normal cycle. But I was like, no, I've done everything. I know there's something else going on mm-hmm. and I wanted to have these tests. And she was like, no, no, you'll be fine. So we did it, had a first round and it didn't work. And I was like, now can I have the tests? Yep. And I had these tests done. And um, they showed various different things. They said if I had another round of IVF, I'd have to have IV interlipids, plexane, um, all all kinds of different and steroids, all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. And but you can't get that on an NHS cycle. 
Gosh. Yeah. So I was like, right, how can I fix this myself without using any of those drugs? So I got reading, did acupuncture on myself. Amazing. <laughs> and uh, and then it worked. That's without crazy, any of those it? things. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but it's it's interesting when you meet different people, and I have fertility clients as well, and not everyone's like you like that. Some people like just. I'm just here and I'm just going to let it happen and whatever whereas I'm like no I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and mm-hmm. but it sounds like it's, it's a good job stop me. you really researched yeah. because it gave you the tools and skills that you needed to create yeah create your baby and yeah. your child yeah so that's amazing yeah. and then um so I didn't dental release didn't even become a thing till after she was born okay so, yeah so. so what had you trained in then what are the more traditional models so, that you're working um, reflexology core therapy and um acupuncture okay so what's core therapy i haven't so it's um that's a sort of hodgepodge of different things um some sort of muscle testing cranial work sort of abdominal massage to release the organs and things Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's a tcm style and then there's um more manipulation movement type things Whereas with gentle release, it's all very still and we just use energy work to allow the body to release itself rather than trying to force force it. Or... That makes so yeah. much sense, doesn't it? And I think it's really good that you've got that traditional Chinese medicine background because the reflexology, the acupuncture, and it sounds like that core therapy all work on different components of that. Yeah. And, and as we know, everything is energy. Everything that happens in the body is energy. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense to be supporting that energy flow to allow things to shift yeah so you said obviously you started to feel stuff happening in your body as you're working with the clients what do you mean by that <laughs> well i didn't um didn't want anyone to know for years <laughs> the main symptom that i have is um almost like a burp from my solar plexus okay in fact some and i didn't know why it was but somebody had found a book recently and it said and the lady in that um burps when blocked energy is released and she says she has a really solid sensitive solar plexus and that's why it happened. So that's, that's maybe really explains why that happens. Um, but it is a bit annoying because you think, well, should I be really in touch with the public? No. <laughs> I think for the therapists that come to me on courses, it actually gives them permission to allow their bodies to do what they need to do and to notice things that they wouldn't have noticed otherwise. Yep. So um, a really common thing is watery eyes, which I sometimes mm-hmm. get, and that's quite a common thing, or yawning when yep. blocked energy is released, or um, farting, <laughs> but, um, uh, or co- even coughing, which was really awkward in COVID times when there were some people that were coughing and that was their yeah. release. Um, but yeah, it's interesting as a therapist to see what happens, but also to see what happens when your clients are releasing and what kind of things their body does. So yeah, so I kind of feel like I've got the short straw with the burping as my main <laughs> symptom, but it then I have to think, well, it actually gives people permission to do whatever their bodies want to do on the courses. Which I think is great to give that permission, isn't it? And I know from my experience as well, I, I have the yawning sometimes, the watery eyes. Sometimes as well, depending on what the client is, sometimes I, I need to all of a sudden go for a wee. Yeah. And it's not actually mine, it's because I've sort of accumulated some of their energy and it's the way of me shifting it on their behalf and I know I do quite a lot of sort of psychic surgery type work sometimes so I'm energetically removing and pulling out the blocked energy and I used to be really embarrassed about it because it makes me retch sometimes I either start coughing or I start retching and that just does not look pleasant in any way for the client so I have to say to them look 
this is probably what's going to happen. I'm absolutely fine. Yeah. Just go with it because our bodies don't want to take it on either. Mm. Um, so I think it's really good that you're telling therapists about that and yeah. giving them permission for that because it's yeah. not something that tends to be covered on a lot yeah. of therapeutic courses. Yeah. We had an interesting lady on the last course and when I was sitting talking, I could see her sort of doing a movement from her chest and I thought, is she going to be a burper? Anyway, it turned out that she hadn't even realised it, but um, when she'd leave the room, when her clients um, took their clothes, you know, got ready for a massage, and uh, so before and after treatment, she'd leave the room and she'd burp. She hadn't even connected it, um, so that was really interesting. So that's the thing. A lot of people have come from a more traditional route and haven't done sort of things on a more energetic level yeah. and even noticed that they are doing things but uh-huh yeah. that makes sense yeah. so do you when you have a client do you tell them that might happen oh i before? have to warn them yeah <laughs> I just, at first i didn't want anything so i think on my website now i've put that my body reacts which is how i started it here but thanks debbie for outing me <laughs> <laughs> i never know what direction no, these conversations right. are going to take <laughs> yeah. so obviously you said it's sort of not so much sort of manipulation but it's sort of using the energy. So so what do you mean about that for if anyone's listening that's so, not sure? Um, it just gently place your hand wherever it needs or we do a lot of treatments by distance as well. So that was something that I didn't want to um, put out there too much when I first started as well because I thought if, pe- if people found out that it worked well, or thought, oh, she said it works by distance so it can't really work. Yeah. I didn't want it to sort of make the therapy seem less good yes but now I know and I'm certain that I can do an equally good treatment session in person or mm-hmm. or by distance so if it was by distance I'd imagine my hand on in whatever area needed yeah or I'll have my intention that that area is releasing and I would do the same in terms of Reiki and I remember when I trained in Reiki it was it was by accident well, it wasn't by accident I had a really weird situation and this was before I was a therapist I just woke up in the middle of the night one night and I heard him head, you need to learn Reiki. I didn't know what Reiki was. I didn't know it was a therapy, but it felt right. And luckily the next day or a couple of days later, I saw my reflexologist, Linda. And I said, oh, I had this weird dream. And she said, oh, it's a therapy. I think you'd be really good at it. So I went and did my Reiki one. It was brilliant. But I still wasn't sure about it. But I noticed over time, it started to clear and shift me. So I'd been somebody that had a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry. A lot of low-level illness, bit of a stomach bug, bit of a cold. And it just started to clear all of that and shift it. And so after Reiki 1, I was like, this works for me, but I still don't know quite how it can work for other people. And it was when I went and did my Reiki 2, the practitioner level, we started looking at the distance Reiki. Yeah. And I, I must admit, I'm, I'm quite scientific. I'm very open to sort of the woo-woo, as people call it now. But I was like, this sounds absolutely crazy. I can't get my head around this. But it was then when I went to do my requirements for my certificate, part of those requirements was to send the distance Reiki to at least two other Reiki practitioners. And it absolutely blew my mind because the things I was picking up on, so I would often use like a rag doll and pretend it was the person with the intention, but sometimes just hold it in my mind. And I was picking up on the feelings and sensations that they were having at their end. We were seeing similar colours, having the same imagery coming to mind. I was like, wow, this is phenomenal. But it took me quite a bit of time to accept that that could work. Yeah. And I was the same then when I was a practitioner for a long time. I thought, I'm not going to say that I send over a distance yeah. because people might think I'm, I'm crazy. Yeah. Um, 
but now I think people are getting so much more open and accepting it, aren't they? And it makes it easier for me to be able to do treatments like that. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I'll do them on Zoom, and mm -hmm. um, but sometimes I'll just um, set a time and say I'm going to do it at this time. And then if I'm at home I'm with my daughter, I can do it, and I don't, you know, I don't need to worry about I've got a client in the treatment room and I need to make sure she's looked after or things like yeah. that. Yeah. So it works really nicely. It's really practical, isn't yeah. it? And have you found that people have been sceptical about it or have they just been quite open and gone with it? Not not really the people that I get. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think I've been quite lucky. <laughs> yeah. I think you get the clients you're meant to get yeah. and the people you're meant to help. Yeah. So that's amazing. And I always say to the people that come to the gentle release course, <laughs> it's you have to just um, almost be really brave about looking like you're not doing anything. Yes. Because people... Like you're not doing anything and actually if you are washing around all over the body doing all kinds of things you're not going to be doing what's right for them you might yeah. look like you're doing something uh -huh. actually sometimes what they need is just to sit and hold their liver for 45 minutes and right, that right. create the biggest change for them at that point so is that then so you're focusing quite a lot on the organs in the body then um so the so I always say clear the organs first, then okay. we move up to the cranial, unless you get guided otherwise. Uh -huh. So the liver is key because it's connected to anger and frustration, all the ligaments and tendons in the body, um, the free flow of chi or energy around the body, and where chi flows, blood flows. So I tend to just say to people, just start at the liver and yep. then work your way around unless you get the feeling that you need to go elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I like to keep it quite simple, but when they're more advanced and they're picking up things more easily they might start there and then numbed up at the head and then come back down to the abdomen and all over the place so, so I suppose it's about developing that intuition and that trusting yourself as well as a yeah, therapist yeah. that you are going to be guided where you need to go yeah but I think it makes so much sense actually to start with the liver because so many people suppress a lot of anger and frustration yeah. don't they which met anybody with that haven't needed to spend <laughs> a reasonable amount of time on the liver a first treatment at mm -hmm. least anyway um but yeah and I know that's always uh, that's the case with me if ever I go for acupuncture or reflexology or anything like that it's often my liver meridian and my liver mm -hmm. channel that is the most imbalanced and out a lot of the time but then it has a knock-on effect on the other organs and the other yeah. emotions in the yeah. body but if you think if it can if it affects our ligaments and tendons and it makes our whole body tight because it's pulling those ligaments and tendons tight that then compromises everything else because the whole body is squished up tight. And I suppose, actually, if the whole body is squished up tight, then the blood flow doesn't go to everywhere as easily, yeah. which has got all the oxygen and nutrients. So it's going to have yeah. a detrimental effect, both on the physiological things that we see and know that are happening on the body, but also the energetics, yeah. which yeah. obviously we don't see that in the same way. Yeah, but so just holding the liver just allows all that body to just start to relax. So I know that if I had um, a gentle release treatment before I even went for massage, I'd get more out of the massage because it's already started to relax me at a different level. That's amazing. That's absolutely fascinating. Oh, I'm going to be holding my liver later. Yeah. <laughs> need to double check my anatomy and physiology book just to get it. <laughs> Is it there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you said also then obviously once you've gone to the organs in the body, you go to the cranial area. What What's the reasoning for that? So the cranial system is important in lots of different ways. And okay. once we start to release the bones in the cranial system, um, that allows other areas to release. So once we're on the cranial system, you might feel the ab abdomen starting to gurgle a bit okay. on the client. Um, my releases tend to be a bit more subtle mm -hmm. on the cranial system. Um, and 
as the cranial system releases, the neck then starts to release. And then the neck releasing then has an effect on the pelvis releasing. So interesting. interesting. Yesterday, I was working with a fertility client who's done years and years of work. And her, I ended up on her sacrum. Bizarrely, because that wasn't sort of part of the treatment that we were doing. We were doing something completely different. And then I kept getting drawn back up to her head. Nasal bone, um, the front of her face. It was like, and then the whole thing felt like it was twisting. Um, like everything had been out. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to womb after, it said, um, I am free. Oh, wow. I know. So I was like, I think that was, you know, she'd been doing lots of deeper trauma work type stuff. But actually, it was, and she'd even been to a chiropractor because I think it turned out someone had said her sacrum was a bit out. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know any of that. Amazing. Um, so it was, so that was really interesting, but simple. Yeah. And felt like that was it. That's great, that was the isn't it? Piece. <laughs> and it's so interesting you've said that. I think I need to look into that more because I was talking to another colleague the other day and they were saying how tightness in the neck and in the jaw oh, yeah. often relates to the pelvic yeah, so area. The, well, the jaw was my next thing. Oh, interesting. <laughs> what I was going to say next. So the jaw is another key, key area um, massively connected to the valves in the body. So the ileocecal valve that connects the large intestine and the small intestine. And if the ileocecal valve is um, stuck, then the jaw will be stuck. Um, so it's kind of going backwards and forth. That's what I said about sometimes going backwards and forwards between the abdomen and the cranial because you release one area to allow another area to release and, mm-hmm. then, and then back again. Um, Iliocecal valve and the jaw are also connected to um, opening of the cervix and giving birth, so really important. Oh. But also if you think about the jaw, when we're in fear, the jaw goes tight and clenches. Mm-hmm. So I often have to go to the kidneys, which are connected with fear as well too you know bring it all together and now allow that uh-huh. to release i find so, this so fascinating yeah, I know, I love it, it really is fascinating how interconnected the body is yeah. and i think the first time i ever saw like a meridian chart which is a chart that basically shows the energy lines through the body i was just absolutely fascinated with how it's all so interconnected and it makes sense doesn't it because everything in the body has got a purpose and a function and it all works together beautifully yeah but I think with our Western medical model, we often think about organs or symptoms in isolation rather than the whole body. I know I haven't been to the doctors in years, but one of the last times I went, I had two or three different ailments in my body going on. And they're like, no, you can only talk about one. But it turns out if you look at that meridian chart, they're all on the same meridian. They're all related to the same organ. And it was an imbalance there. Um, So now... That, that doesn't make any sense to me. I think you, you need to look at the whole body and yeah. the whole person. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. Wow. It sounds interesting. So, obviously, you started developing this gentle release therapy. That must have been quite a scary thing in some ways to actually go from working in your own way as a practitioner to saying, do you know what, I'm going to make this a therapy that is unique and standalone. Um, how did you go about doing that? <laughs> um, I think because of my dad, actually. Right. So my dad um, used to work for Lincolnshire County Council in charge of their traffic signals. Okay. And you probably wonder what on earth this has to do with it. But he wrote some computer software to help him do his job right. and to get the traffic signal timings as perfect as they could be. Then all his mates in the other county councils around the UK wanted to buy it. And he said to Lincolnshire County Council, oh, can we, can we sell it to them? And they were like, no, you'll have to do it in your spare time. 
gosh so he ended up doing that and then they wanted to come on courses and then they wanted to come on an annual symposium where and Siemens ended up sponsoring a free bath two nights so it was quite a big oh, event nice. every year um so he didn't mean to start it he was just some doing something that helped him do his job and then that created it created that and an amazing community and so it was second nature for me to do it but I didn't realize I was doing it uh-huh. until it had happened and I'm like oh my god and then <laughs> when I finished I I'd always been keen on hospitality and looking after people and things like that I actually ran a hotel in Blackpool for three years after I'd finished okay. university and um so bringing the sort of the retreat element mm-hmm. into it was really nice because it brought in the hospitality and like uh, like nice venues and we used yeah. Ashley and Farm Barns which are just up the road yeah. from both of us actually yeah. um and it's lovely doing it at the Barns but equally I love doing the courses on zoom because it makes it easier for me yeah. and they do their treatments on zoom with each other uh-huh we had a lady from vienna this um last week for the first time oh, wow, from Germany. we've already got someone in south africa and canada but that was really lovely but it works so nicely so i show them what to do mm-hmm. then they do a treatment swap on each other yeah in the breakout rooms and they're like well how do i need someone to work on no, you're going to work with the other people on the course by distance. And they're yeah. all absolutely blown away Amazing. at the differences in themselves over the week. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'd actually joined the course just prior to the... Well, it was before the pandemic. We were about to do it and then pandemic hit. And then each time you tried to rearrange it, something else happened in terms of people being able to get illness, other restrictions. Yeah. Um, so I never ended up doing it. It's still on my to-do list <laughs> one day when I get an opportunity. Because yeah. also I keep thinking, like, you're so close as well. Yeah, I know, it's crazy. Um, Seven minutes, it said on Google Maps. Yeah, which is, is <laughs> so, yeah, I can't believe that. But I was so pleased when then I saw you started doing it online as well. So I suppose it got you thinking creatively of, do you know what? We can start delivering well, this to what a wide... it was. Yeah. I just need to get my head out of the way with it because I was worried about um, putting out there about distance treatments. It was COVID that made me do that. Yeah. You know, um, I was like, well, I'm helping people and people need to help more people. So what if I did a gentle release course that taught people how to do distance treatments? I was like, okay, I can do that. I can do that. And then I thought, when I thought about it, mm-hmm. that's going to be exactly the same course as the one we already do. Yes, it's so just not just in a, in a barn or anything. Yeah, way about this and accept that um, virtual treatments are fine. Which is amazing, isn't it? Because yeah. then, like, think about all the people that are being helped by this now. Because, like, you say you're getting trainers in other parts of the world, and they are then yeah. working with clients, and it, yeah. it's spreading. Well, it yeah. must be so exciting because yeah, it's like no, your it baby. It's something yeah. that you've birthed and created into the world, yeah. and it's all these other people are training now. Yeah, and my grandma was from Vienna, so I was really excited when she got in touch as well. Oh, That's how nice. lovely. Yeah. So yeah. how many practitioners practitioners have you qualified now uh, then? Well, there's 140 in the Facebook group. I don't think everybody's finished their case studies yet, and probably not everyone's on Facebook, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Some people, some people come on just for their own journey almost, yeah. which is absolutely fine by me. I don't mind whether people want to be a practitioner or whether they want to come on for their own. Because actually, seven treatments over however long the course is, um, is actually a really good clear out for anyone. Yeah. And probably more affordable than going one-to-one with a therapist. Yeah, that makes that sense, doesn't it? Yeah. So they kind of may as well come on the course, get everything cleared out, and yeah, in a nice... That's amazing. Room. And so 
in terms of if anyone was sort of listening to this and they were like a little bit curious, but not sure if they were ready yet to do a full practitioner training, um, what would you recommend to them? So there's the Introduction to Gentle Release Therapy online course. Excellent. Um, which um, just talks through a few key areas and um, I created some guided releases. Um, normal gentle release therapy, if you went to a therapist, wouldn't be done in a guided release way, but I wanted to give people that were beginners a bit of structure about where to place their hands. And mm -hmm. that. So there's that, or there's some, I think there's one for insomnia on the YouTube channel, and there's some kids' ones on the YouTube channel. Amazing. The animals want to go to sleep and the animals want to go to play as well. Oh. They're free. Um, well, that's great. I think that's really nice, because I think sometimes there's, there's the odd thing that, like, I've been interested in. So reflexology is one that comes to mind. Um, I'm fascinated by reflexology. I love having reflexology. Really don't like people's feet. Um, I find them icky. Um, I'm better than I used to be. I can touch people's feet yeah. now, but it's not something I would ever want to do professionally. However, there's been times when, especially when my children were younger, when they had a bit of an upset tummy, they'd perhaps got bowel issues or a bit run down, where applying some of my knowledge of reflexology really shifted them so just having that little introduction yeah really helped me so I think that perhaps parents or people out there could just come and have that little taster of that introduction yeah. so, what's it about. so originally we called it self-care for you and your family mm -hmm. so that so it wasn't for practitioners but um we've now made it the first step before they come on the course so anyone that came on the course would have to do that anyway so it talks about working with energy it talks about a few of the key areas in the abdomen mm -hmm. and a couple in the cranial system as well. So it'll start you off. And it's it's nice when people say, I felt this and I felt this. And you think, yeah, you get it. Um, yeah. And then that sort of um, helps them decide whether it's right for them. Or mm -hmm. not. But it's really exciting, isn't it, when you start to become aware of your own energy and other people's energy. Yeah. I know my husband, Pete, this morning, he had a Reiki client and... Um, the client was saying sort of how he likes connecting with trees and nature and my husband asked oh are you aware of the trees energy and the, the client said no and so Pete just spent a bit of time getting him sort of with in between his hands to start feeling his own energetic system and then playing sort of with the energy creating an energy ball and he says his client was absolutely amazed by that yeah and I just wish we taught this that do you know what we have an energy field we have energy running through our body but we can feel that we can sense that we can become aware of it and i think that's great that sort of you introduce people to that concept yeah 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 it's been a real gift and a pleasure it's not been the easiest few years but gentle release has helped us through that as a family as well amazing so so what do you feel are the main benefits then for this type of therapy i've heard some people say it's um a really nice bridge between a sort of talking therapies and then physical therapies mm -hmm. um, because it's working on all levels emotional physical and then spiritual if you want to get into that kind of thing yeah um, but yeah when people don't want to talk uh, they can uh, they don't have to yeah and um, sometimes people just come and they talk and it's interesting what organ you're on when what and what they start talking about because mm -hmm. obviously like so you're on the liver, they might talk about things that have been winding them up. Okay. <laughs> you're on the on the kidneys for fear and some like deeper things about past fears might come up, but they haven't got any clue about that. It's just, we're just having a conversation and that just happens to pop up. That's amazing. interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. So obviously I know different therapists 
sense and intuit different things. But when you're working on sort of the client's different organs and areas, do you ever pick up on those feelings or do you ever become aware of what it might be that's created that within them? Or is it just that you tune into the energy and let the energy do what it needs to do? I'm quite happy that we don't always need to know what it is that's going on, but sometimes I'll get, um, if you get a nagging that you need to say something to someone, I'd always say it. Um, Interestingly, I had a client recently and uh, I, we were at one of her ovaries and I said, I feel like we're at a brick, there's a brick wall here. And she says, oh, can you, can you ask what it is? I said, well, I can try, but I thought, why don't you do it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, uh, I wasn't getting anything, but then I went cold. Okay. And I said, right, I haven't got anything, but I've gone cold. So what are you thinking in your head? Because uh-huh. that's right. And uh, yeah, so she talked it through. That was really pretty good. But it depends, you know, it depends what, what level your clients are. And like, mm-hmm. you know, she's trying to develop her connection and she can do it. She just needed a bit of encouragement. Yeah. And I mean, that's what we are, isn't it? Ultimately, we're facilitators. Yeah. We've got a skill set that's there to give the client space for them to yeah. heal and address what they need to. So it sounds like... Yeah. But you... I don't worry if I don't um, get anything. Yeah. So yesterday I was just doing a treatment. And the lady was telling me all these amazing things that were happening. I remember sort of quite early on with my Reiki, I was picking up things. And then I got this one gentleman that came to work with me and I picked up on nothing. I felt no energy. I felt no change. I had no real thoughts in my head. I was like, this is really weird. I've lost my Reiki. And I didn't say a lot and then came back for another treatment. I was like, the same thing happened here. Really, really strange. But as we got speaking, he had all these profound realisations, lots yeah. and lots of shifts. It's just for whatever reason, I didn't need to access that or wasn't meant yeah, to at that yeah, time. Yeah. But I did have that momentary panic of, have I lost my abilities? What's yeah, gone yeah. on? And it wasn't the case at all. Fascinating. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Um, so um, we found out my daughter was autistic a few years ago. Okay. So that's got me more into neurodiversity. And I've also done there's a talk on the YouTube channel about supporting neurodiversity in the treatment room. Amazing. Um, so I've, ta- I've sort of created this sort of living questionnaire with different questions that um, clients might want to answer before they come about what kind of blanket they might want or what kind of music they might want or what kind of lighting would help. Because if we can get people that are neurodiverse into the treatment room, they need that support. They live more stressful lives because of what maybe mm-hmm. extra sensory needs or whatever. So I just thought, right, if we can open up a conversation about how we can support them more, um, that'd be really fantastic. Because once we've got them in the treatment room, we want to keep them there. Yes. Um, and that's the other great thing about gentle release. They don't even need to touch them to treat them. So uh-huh. people that don't really like touch um, can just receive a treatment. And I used to do a lot of treatments on my daughter. Mm-hmm. Even just while I was walking the dog, I'd be doing her a treatment. Yeah. Just clearing out uh-huh. the bucket. That's amazing. And I think... Like you say, those little things are so important that are actually they are huge for people, particularly who are neurodiverse. But any of us anyway, that we have different preferences, what sounds we like, how receptive we are to things. Like you say, even what type of blanket you may un- yeah. may not want. And I think often as individuals in our lives, whether we're practitioners or just being human, we often tend to assume other people have similar preferences to our needs and it's not the case at all. So yeah. I think it's amazing that you've highlighted that. Yeah. Wow. So in terms of obviously going through that journey sort of with your daughter, how do you think that sort of impacted you as a person then? Taught me a lot. <laughs> She's still teaching me a lot. Um, she 
it was actually because of her that we've developed the next sort of part for gentle release, which is all around the vagus vagus nerve. Okay. Um, which seems to be quite amazingly and very exciting. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, so we're going to do the first um, course towards the end of April, beginning of May. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we're getting fantastic results for that, which we are wow. measuring with our aura rings as well. Oh. So it's really nice to see actual data. So I've got lots of questions for you. So let me think about what the first one is first. So obviously for anybody that's listening, um, you hear the vagus nerve being spoken about more at the moment, but people don't necessarily know what it is. So are you able to just give a very simple <laughs> explanation for people yeah. as to what the vagus nerve is? Uh, so the vagus nerve is the 10th cranial nerve that comes um, from the cranial system down into the abdomen and it innervates um, all the organs in the abdomen. So it's kind of following on from what we're already doing, mm-hmm. but with a more specific intention. Um, and it's the and it's the fight or flight. And people with um, good vagal tone can go into stress situations, but then come out and of the stress situation, and their body comes back to a restored level. And then it'll go back in stress. And stress is fine and healthy, but we need to be able to come back and yeah. come down from that. So one of the first results we've got from this treatment is that the lady before her treatment she was always between engaged and stressed all day mm-hmm. on the graph up and down up and down and up and down after the treatment a bit of stressed but down into restored Brilliant. i mean to be able to see something like that is amazing that is amazing it's also changed my uh, progesterone levels uh, as a wow. 43 year old lady with sort of my I knew my progesterone was dropping I could see it and I thought it was the ring not taking my temperature properly okay but since having my vagus nerve done my temperatures have looked beautiful oh I might have to look into that (laughs) this that could and that has so many implications of fertility as well okay because uh, acupuncture and reflexology can sort out progesterone levels but it normally takes eight to twelve weeks Mm -hmm. this has been literally one one or two treatments that's incredible yeah. so yeah the vagus nerve has so many implications um to support different areas of health um mm-hmm. immune issues and cardiac Al- alzheimer's i'm really interested in because um some of the uh, uh, memory centers of the brain are connected with the vagus nerve as well wow. so um yeah so uh and it, trying to calm myself down because I'm so excited about it. <laughs> and I, I treated a friend's little boy on Sunday. He's got type 1 diabetes. Okay. So I'm really interested to see if it can calm his blood sugars uh-huh. down. Um, yeah. That's amazing. And I think it's fantastic that you're monitoring it and noticing it as well. So explain. Oh, yeah. Um, so the this, aura yeah, ring. The aura I've ring. had it for a long time. Really because I was interested in my temperatures because I like to know when I've ovulated. Okay. Um, but I don't think my progesterone's ever been that great. And I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen a graph look this good. I need to go back properly over the last five years, but I've been back over the last year and no, none of my progesterone levels or temperatures have looked as good. So wow. the aura ring tracks HRV and temperature overnight and uh, clever things like that. That's amazing. So, so how do I get one of these? <laughs> oh, they're, they're, they're not cheap. I think it's two hundred ninety nine dollars. Okay. And a and a five ninety nine euro a month. I I don't have to pay a monthly fee because I've been a long time user. But I did ask for some if they send us some free ones. 
<laughs> Maybe now it's on your podcast, Debbie. They Fingers crossed. Or a ring consensual. That's amazing. Tickle. That's fascinating, actually, to be able to track all of that in your body, particularly if you are having different treatments or if you know there's an imbalance. Yeah. Because it's a really good way of working out well, what might be causing that. Yeah. But I w- I'd like to get one for Imogen to see what her stress looks like. So we've tried her with the Garmin watch this mm-hmm. last week and I need to look at um, the data. But yeah, the Aura Ring pictures it really nicely, the stressed, engaged, restored bit um, that the watches don't do yet. But I don't know whether we can pull that data from the watch because the watch is obviously a bit cheaper than yeah. the Aura Ring. I think that's great, though, that you've got that data there to back up what yeah. you're saying. And I think yeah. that's what a lot of people need. So they hear about these therapies and they say, yeah, but you've got anecdotal tales to tell, but where's your evidence? Yeah. So you're actually getting that to show, look, this does make a difference. And I think, how exciting. Yeah, it is. We did, I did someone with high blood pressure yesterday. So I'm like, have you measured your blood pressure? Have you measured your blood pressure? She said, no, doesn't the ring do it? I said, no. <laughs> oh. um, but we know she's high so she said I'll do it tonight I'll do it tonight so uh, yeah so I don't see why it wouldn't to be honest uh, that's amazing yeah. oh how exciting yeah. I'm very excited I'm about this yeah. yeah that's going to get me thinking a bit sort of more about the vagus nerve as well yeah then. well because uh, I'd I um, so a few people had mentioned it for Imogen and mm-hmm. I said come on Imogen let's go look on YouTube because there's videos on there about what to do we were doing it and she was like, well, this is boring, off she toddled. And I thought, what am I messing around with doing people's videos? Just do gentle release on it. Yeah. And I did and I had a really big release. So I thought, right, well, I'm definitely on the right track. That's amazing. And I'm automatically thinking of two of my children that I think that would benefit straight away because um, they do go into that sort of stress mode quite readily. Two of them, they're very, very sensitive children. Yeah. Um, so to help them bring that down back into balance is really important. Yeah. And see, we do a lot with them in terms of talking about things, managing things, showing different techniques. Yeah. But I suppose, I suppose if the body's still reacting in a certain way, yeah. then you're going to have limited success with that. Yeah. So the lad that I did on Sunday with the diabetes, mm-hmm. I told his mum that I was going to do him a treatment sometime in the afternoon. And I messaged her and said, I'm starting now doing it and I was getting quite a lot of stuff I've, n- I've never done him a treatment before so we, I don't think he's ever had one and um yeah I'm thinking she needs to check this okay <laughs> <laughs> not and I wasn't worried I just wanted because I hadn't done anyone with diabetes her mm-hmm. to check and so she eventually saw a message so Jeff's just gone to check on him he's gone from being um tearing around to being really calm and relaxed and really kind to his sister oh nice <laughs> So that was nice. So when you're sort of sending the treatments to other people at a distance, do they need to just be sat and focused on it or can they just be carrying on with their they day? Carry on with their day. If it was it depends who it is and what level of treatment it is. If it's if we're going in deep to some you know, like I really love treating other therapists because they've already started to do the work and we can go deeper. Yeah. Um I'd already checked out what, what his plans were at the weekend because I didn't want um him to have to do anything afterwards either and she said oh no he's just gaming I was like well I don't mind him I don't mind just doing a treatment while he's gaming Uh so yeah amazing oh I'm very excited I'm gonna have to come for a treatment at some point since I've been doing this podcast I have spent an absolute fortune I'm going to see all these other people that are like oh I do this therapy or this treatment I'm like I've got to try that it sounds amazing so um I'm gonna have to do that soon (laughs) yeah well, it's a good, it's good timing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think as well, some of it is like, I'm on that journey where I'm always working on myself. 
And sometimes you think, oh my gosh, is this never going to end? Sort of like, I think I've cleared everything, then something else comes up. But I recognise over time that it used to be big stuff, but now in general, it's just little things. And they don't necessarily come up more, but it's because I notice them and then work to resolve them. But I still think it's really nice sometimes to have somebody else working on you to really like dig deep to what's yeah. gone on beneath the yeah. surface that you yeah. can't necessarily consciously access. Yeah. So, so far, I've only done the vagus nerve treatment on myself, but somebody's doing it for me on Friday. So I'm quite <laughs> interested to see where that goes, because that could go it's really way. exciting yeah, yeah. Oh. and I've already had that massive improvement with my progesterone yeah so yeah so that's going to be interesting whether it goes wow that um, sounds really I, good I diverted my question your question about um my daughter so yeah she was re- she was um at a mainstream primary and really struggling mm. her attendance was 64 percent at one point yeah she'd come out and she was white as a sheep her Aww. lips would be so pale she was just just got nothing left and I was doing lots of gentle release and I'd got other practitioners helping and doing gentle release and it and it did make a big difference but it wasn't enough and I thought if this still isn't enough for her she's not in the right place so yeah. we've ended up moving her to a different school had a really rough transition there lots more gentle release but she's doing fab now good and um yeah so it's been a really stressful few years mm-hmm. um for all of us yeah um, because it takes its toll on all of us and um but yeah now she's settled She's um she's the first in at seven forty five every morning. Wow, that's good. Just after school clubs three days a week by choice till ten to five. Like oh. from a child that couldn't even cope with a short school day mm-hmm. and to go to that. It does show amazing. though, doesn't it, that when you are in the wrong environment that can have an impact on your health and well being. Yeah. But also when you've got an accumulation of stuff, it can yeah. really hold you back. So as you go through and clear these different layers. Yeah. It can allow you to sort of live life and be more present and enjoy it more. Yeah. One of the most interesting things um, was that she used to be really sensitive to her clothes. Okay. And on my website, I've got a blog about um, my highly sensitive child when socks become your nemesis. Yeah. I think that's actually quite a common thing with kids that are struggling. So for me, I felt like the clothes were almost like the last straw. Mm-hmm. So trying to get the clothes on would just be like way, way too sensitive. So we used to have to run around the house and I'd be seeing pigs in the garden saying look at that or look at that to try and distract her once she's got her clothes on yeah and then we'd get the last bit of clothes on then run out the door and go to school so that she's distracted from having them on and um, gentleness always sorted it out it's amazing isn't it yeah and I mean I must admit I'm a little bit like that that I don't like anything like in my socks like I don't like the seams and I don't like anything that feels tight or restricted or if there's a label or something but that's manageable for me. But for somebody that's neurodiverse and is really picking up on that, that can feel completely overwhelming, can't yeah. it? So if you've allowed that to settle within yeah. the system, then yeah. that's so, amazing. That was like um, a good. That was when she was like five. That happened. Aww. So um, that was before we knew she was autistic, mm-hmm. and gentle release really helped because I. I mean, you know, when you think you're trying everything, and then you're like. Well, I've got to sort this out. Well, yep. you know, I, you know, use what you, what tools you've got, uh-huh. and then it sorted it. And I was like, it wasn't easy. It took a, it took a couple of weeks, a few treatments yeah. a week because there was so much there. Mm-hmm. But then once it was empty, a bucket, well, you know, was yeah. more manageable. She was fine again. Then it came back a year or two later, same thing. I'd gone, <laughs> lost the ball. Is it? What's the word? What would you say? 
she hadn't she wasn't in my priorities because she didn't seem to be struggling and then it's like, uh dropped the ball that's yeah. it <laughs> dropped the ball on it and then yeah did some treatments and she was fine again so um yeah yeah it's it has massively helped her but that's the kind of thing that the introduction introduction course would be fab for she's great yeah and kids respond so quickly and mm-hmm. um, you know a, a normal normal child one that's not got too much stress maybe just a uh, maybe struggling to poo or something like that could be easily that's amazing sorted. and that makes such a difference doesn't it to everybody's well-being because i think say when you're a parent life's busy nowadays for us parents we're most of having a lot of us working full-time jobs having a mortgage, having to have lots of responsibilities, other people needing us, and just busyness. So you do your best for your children, but sometimes these things slip through, don't they? So having that tool that you can keep going back to, that you can use to keep bringing everybody back into balance within your household, that's really empowering. Yeah, it's it's been a (laughs) saviour. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think I'm really glad we spoke today because it reminds me of that, just to go back to those basics of the tools that I know, because I think, in my day-to-day life, I am therapist, but in my home life, I'm still mum. That's my primary role. Yeah. And sometimes I forget I've got all of these tools in my toolbox yeah. that can actually be applied within the home setting yeah. to help everybody. And yeah. if if everything's fairly chilled with me, I remember them, but it's probably when I'm those high stress loads and there's lots going on with the kids are the times when we need it most, but I forget. Yeah. So yeah. when you're busy, just juggling, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Um, but interestingly, I did. I'd been. I want. I. I'd done. We've changed the Vegas nerve protocol slightly, and I'd done my old protocol um, on her quite a bit last year, and it did help. Um, but the new protocol, I really wanted to try and see what it mm-hmm. did. And so I had her wearing a watch to see if we could track a bit of data. And then I did on, oh, it was a storm on Sunday. Yep. And she was can you do me a treatment? Oh. I need things to get out of bedtime. Anyway, um, yeah, so I thought, oh, I'll do her Vegas. Because I hadn't done the new one yet. You know, it didn't take long to clear at all. And I thought, that's interesting because she's in a pretty good place. And I thought, um, that just shows that, you know, if she wasn't, it would have taken a a yeah. lot to do that but what we have been doing and what we keep up with mm-hmm. is actually keeping her on the right track so once we've got things clear it hasn't taken much to keep it yeah. on and that's the thing I think is really important about sort of therapy and well-being is quite often we only go and see a therapist or somebody to help us when we're at crisis point yeah. when we're being reactive to something that's presented whereas we need to be proactive and we need to maintain. So I think it's really important to keep that level of self-care going, even when we're feeling good, because it's still keeping everything, like say, nice and clear. So that then if something does happen, it's not all big and overwhelming and disastrous. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So this has gone so fast, we're almost out of time. So just before we finish up, have you got any final words or any advice that you can give to our listeners? It's a, um, a little freebie thing to do. They could try the Insomnia Guided Release on YouTube. Brilliant. Um, so, yeah, that because whilst it's specifically for insomnia, it's a lot of the key areas that would help um, calm people down as well. So heart, liver um, is included. So you could give that a go. Amazing. That sounds great. So I'm definitely going to give that a go later today. So I might once have finished with my clients tonight, yeah. <laughs> sit down and have a listen. So if people want to find out more, um, how can they contact you? Uh, so there's the Gentle Release Therapy website, um, www.gentlerelease.therapy.com. And 
Oh, we're on Facebook and Instagram. Brilliant. And YouTube, which I already mentioned. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much for being here today. It's been really great to chat to you thank and you it's been lovely me. to hear more about <laughs> it. So, yeah. yeah thank, thank you so you. much for having me. And thank you to our listeners for listening today. Take care and I shall speak to you again soon. Bye-bye for now. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you subscribe. If you would like to find out more about the therapies that we provide and the training we offer, please visit our website www.tranquil-awakenings.co.uk. You can also find us on social media.